Hi everybody, Gabriel Clark here, the man that brevity forgot. Uh, just wanted to make a quick request before we begin episode 3 of WrestleBoy Social Explosion. Um, and that is to just leave us a quick review on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. Um, it's quick, it's easy, it takes about the length of an episode of WSX. We would really appreciate the feedback as we go forth with other projects. Obviously there are five episodes planned for this. Um, it would certainly mean a lot to us. Uh, if that's too cumbersome for you, you can check us out on our Pinecast, where our RSS feed takes place. Um, that is wrestleboy-social-x.pinecast.co. You can be, uh, you can sign up to subscribe, be the first to know when our podcast drops on our RSS feed, um, and you can even hit up our tip jar. And if you would like to leave us a couple of bucks, that would be great. Um, Obviously, we're just glad to have an audience of however many subscribers we have. And we really do appreciate Pinecast for their service. So, um, thank, we would very much appreciate it. Thank you very much. And enjoy episode three of WrestleBoy Social Explosion. Live from the WSX Vacation Shelter in Portland, Maine. And live from the WSX Shelter in Somerville, Massachusetts. Sound the alarm. Duck and cover, it's time for the WrestleBoy Social Explosion! everybody, welcome to episode 3 of WrestleBoy Social Explosion. Yes, it is. The retrospective rewatch mini-podcast where we take a look back at the ill-fated MTV show Wrestling Society X. I am the man that brevity forgot, Gabriel Clark, joined by, as always, the one, the only, Simply Zalp, Zach Blaze. Zach, how are you today? I'm good. Uh, it's We're recording a little early today, so I actually don't have a beer. You'll be sad to know. Um, I have some water. I had some coffee. I'm feeling good. Quitter. I know. It is a crisp, beautiful day here in Portland, Maine. And it is a nasty day nasty, in Somerville. Nasty, muggy day. It's like 85 and humid. <laughs> crisp and beautiful all the same. Um, this is episode three. We got past the two-episode hump, and now we're we're really starting to hit our stride. So uh, we're almost halfway through Wrestling Society X at this point. And you can tell because... Um, this is the first episode of the season finale. The season, the first of a five-episode season finale of Wrestling Society X that MTV aired back to back to back to back at three in the morning. Zach, did you stay up for this? You know what, I, I have to make a confession, because I claimed in the beginning that I watched all this live. I did look forward a little bit when we were looking up, like, the the matches and who's gonna show up in the show later i don't remember some of the stuff at the end so i think i must have fallen asleep i hope you, you must i hope you won't hold that against me i'm i mean because i probably I had school hold, the next morning i can only hold so much against you being 16 and liking this show so today's musical guest we get right into it you know the drill we go through the alley blah 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 whatever today's musical guest is jibs for episode five now gabe tell me who jibs is Jibs is a, a hip-hop artist Okay. who at the... I mean, the only notable thing I can really tell you about Jibs at this point is that at the time of recording Wrestling Society X, he is 16 years old. 
Me too. So by far the the youngest guest. Who you and Jibs are uh, the same age. Clearly have a lot in common with the association of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it shows because he does. He's he barely has any idea of what's going on. It's 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 all white noise to him. I mean, um, to be fair, so... I think that's pretty much how I was when I was sixteen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're starting to form coherent thoughts and mm-hmm. not be able to just say, "Oh, it's just oh, it's good." Why is it good? Cuz it's good. Well, I think I I, I developed like object permanence around that time. <laughs> Noted baby boy, simply Zell. Thank you. So we actually have a little bit of ketchup to play here as at the end of episode 4, Vampiro took a fireball spot. Oh, I'm sorry. Had hell unleashed upon yeah, him. Yeah, please, please, please watch out for WrestleBoy standards and practices. I know, just the. I'm surprised MTV allowed one over the other. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But then we cut to our mystery man who pukes blood and has glowy well, eyes. Mysterious red liquid. Standards practices. Mm, mm, yes. <laughs> the standards here are just unreal. Um, mystery man cuts a promo. Recalling a match that happened January 6, 2006. Zalb, can you tell us anything about this match? I can, because I just made a huge mistake and we had to cut like 10 minutes of footage because I had to look it up. Hey! hey! Um, this is a match, January 6, 2006, uh, Vampiro versus... Uh, I won't give away his name yet because it's a secret. It is an exploding casket match, I guess, and it ends with uh, our mystery man being tombstoned into the casket by Vampiro. This was IWA Puerto Rico. It's no longer in existence. It's really cool that they use an actual previous clip. I want to say that this is a good idea for a company that's just starting out. Like, if if you're a new wrestling company, you want to have something that people care about. So why wouldn't you import, you know, a big angle to to get people excited about your product? I mean, in- pun intended. Import. Uh, 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 yeah. In reality, this isn't really a big angle. Like, it is, but not for an American audience, and probably definitely not for an MTV audience. But I like the way they thought. So I just need to ask you a quick question. Mm -hmm. So the last time Vampiro Tombstone Pile drove somebody into an exploding casket, it was Sixpack. It's true. And and he came out fine. He was very lucky, according to uh, the Mystery Man. The Mystery Man got Tombstone Pile Droven into an exploding casket and got sent to hell. What did Sixpac do? Does Sixpac have like some sort of arrangement down there where they were just like, you know what, you know what, go back up, we'll deal with you later. Do you do you think that they want to deal with X-Pac down there? <laughs> I don't think he so. He has many more Bronco Busters to deliver before it's his time. <laughs> I think he's got like a pact. He has to deliver 1,000 Bronco Busters before he's allowed. You know what he has? Um, you know what he has, Gabriel? What's that? It's a fucking X-Pact. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, Get that's been WrestleBoy Social Explosion. Podcast is over. This week. Anyway, Jibs joins commentary, unceremoniously gets into the booth. But I know what you're thinking. You're going to look up who Jibs is now, but you need to stop because you shut the fuck up when Fabian Kalen is talking. Welcome to Wrestling Society. Excitement cannot be contained. It cannot be controlled. In fact, it might just explode. We're now five for five on the explosion puns, and let me tell you, there is no sign of that <laughs> slowing. 
Our opening contest is a tag team match between Team Dragon Gate, yes, and previously advertised The Filth and The Fury. This is a good-looking match. This is a good-looking match. I have to confess something. I was the one who took the notes. Give you a little more of a peek behind the <laughs> curtain here. I took notes for this match, and I had no idea what half of these <laughs> moves were because I don't have the the encyclopedic like knowledge that Zach has in his Although, dome. I mean, I mean to be fair, like I know them. Like I know that Teddy Hart is doing like a brainbuster or something. But most of what he does is like doing a regular move and then just adding a corkscrew to it. So it's. I, I don't know what to call it. So what you're telling me is that Teddy Hart isn't satisfied with just getting all of his shit in, but creating new shit that he can subsequently get <laughs> yes. into a match. Is that what you're telling me? What I'm saying is Teddy Hart is an innovator. <laughs> He's certainly something, that's for sure. So uh, the match gets underway, uh, but not before, oh my god. Oh my god, Fabian Kalen, as he's announcing the Filth and the Fury, makes a high kick circle around the ring as he's saying Fury. Yeah, he's he's like doing a, a dance as he runs around the ring. He's like kicking up in the air. Like he's there trying is, to do calisthenics. There is no level of interpretive dance that Fabian Kalen can't do that will endlessly entertain me. Well, I think, yeah, we'll get to something a little later that... I don't know if you caught it. It wasn't in the notes, but it's it's very good. Um, one other note during this introduction, Matt Cross is referred to by commentary as MDog20, and it sounds like, like the way they say it, it sounds like it's his WoW account or like his, his Call of Duty that he's prestige 20 times. He's the number one Twitch streamer for World of Warcraft, Warlords of Draenor, MDog20. Yes. God, this, this team is a mess. I can't stand the filth and the fury. <laughs> commentary asks Jibs if he's into wrestling at all, and... Here's the response. So, Jed, you a big fan of wrestling? Most definitely. Yeah? Yeah, I like wrestling. Nice arm drag. I, I, I know you may have up. thought that um, maybe the podcast cut out. No, that was just that was just uh, awkward silence as Jibs was not into wrestling. <laughs> so, ding, 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 the match is underway. Yeah, match is underway. We go ahead. It's pretty technical opening between Teddy Hart and Yoshino. Uh, they trade some arm drags. Teddy Hart hits a Russian leg sweep for two. Uh, Matt Cross tags in. Horiguchi also tags in. Cross does kind of a cool tope suicida. Um, bounces Mama off the top. Mamma mia. Mamma mia. I'm not in the mood for a Mauro Ronaldo impression, but we love Mauro Ronaldo here at oh, the so WSX much. shelter. God, I'm so happy he's coming back to NXT. Um, Cross does like a fake tope suicida. He does that thing where he bounces off the top rope with his shoulders. Goes for a dropkick through the ropes and misses. Horiguchi kind of ducks under it. Horiguchi kind of does the the patented Chris Hamrick point oh, to my yeah, head because I'm like, so smart. Tap, tap, tap. That was brilliant of me. Aren't I a genius? Which... And once again, he's not a genius because he takes a second dropkick into the barricade. Ouch. Horiguchi kind of gets back up and goes for the legs. Uh, Cross is able to cartwheel away on the apron. Jumps off and kind of throws Horiguchi into the ring post. They're both ringside. M-Dog 20 does... um. God, I think it used to be a thing where people would be like, they'd hang on to a signpost or something and it would look like they're being blown away by the wind. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a vertical plank, I guess. But he does that on the ring post and then just drops into a splash on Horiguchi, which is a, a show of strength. 
I think we should we should um, just take an episode of WSX that has any Teddy Hart match and just pipe in, get your shit in, <laughs> get your shit in. Uh, Jibs, by the way, continues to say nothing of value. No surprise there. Uh, yep. Back into the ring they go. Yep. Uh, Cross takes a dropkick from Horiguchi as he jumps off the top rope. Teddy Hart distracts the ref, which is not a great strategic move because both of the uh, Dragon Gate folks have their way with Matt Cross in the corner. He can't even play the heel right. I know. <laughs> Yoshino kind of picks up Matt Cross with a, a wheelbarrow lift, like if you know Eric Young's finisher in NXT. Oh, God. It's such... This is uh, it, I mark. This is like one of the moves that I mark out for. It's such, it's such a display of strength. Yeah, Yoshino picks him up in a wheelbarrow lift. Horiguchi feeds a drop kick to him. Dragon Gate goes for the pin. Teddy Hart's able to kick out at two. Jibs, knowing nothing about wrestling and having demonstrated that at this point, talks about being a boxer. I know you're a boxer. Yeah, I'm a boxer. I grew up boxing, so. Wow, that's yeah, pretty cool, Jibs, because uh, Chris's grandmother used to be a boxer. Oh yeah. Well, oh, what a move. Nice diversion, Chris. Thanks, appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Horiguchi gets Matt Cross into the corner, kind of grabs him by the legs. He does the thing where he, like, pulls Cross's legs, but Cross does a backflip and lands on his feet. Cross lifts Horiguchi up into a fireman's carry and hits Gabriel, the tiebreaker 15, the old style. <laughs> I, th- I think I think you're, um... I think you're mistaken here. It's it's not cross. It's M Dog Twenty. Oh, I'm sorry. I would appreciate if you were. I think I would appreciate if you stuck to uh, the proper name of of Matt Cross. Yeah, that's this is M Dog um, Twenty. This is M Dog Twenty with another YouTube Let's Play as he lifts Horiguchi into the tiebreaker fifteen. Fireman's carry into a, I guess not a brainbuster, but like a drop, a, a, a kneeling, go to sleep, I suppose. Cool move. I love that move. Yoshino has not been tagged in, but he comes in to try and help his buddy. Lifts up M-Dog 20 into a powerbomb, but is reversed into this crazy Spike Hurricane Rana. Oh my god, like this the, was so sick. Like like the original Frankensteiner, where he does the Hurricane Rana and just drops him on his head. Unfortunately, a neck fracture is not enough to keep Yoshino down. That's a two count. We do go to commercial break at this point. And as we come back... The Filth and the Fury take over the match. They team up on Horiguchi in the corner as M Dog. I almost said M Doggo 20 because I misspelled it in my notes. M Doggo 20 <laughs> held him over his knee for Teddy Hart to get his shit in and do a shooting star press. That is the first of the match. I'm Yeah, I'm sorry to report that it took this long to get a shooting star press. A whole Teddy commercial Hart. break. I'm proud of him. He's, he's getting enough of his shit in, but not too much. That's a lie. You got too, too much, much shit in already. Shooting Star Press is a finisher. Yoshino saves Horiguchi from being pinned, though. So that's not a three. Teddy Hart and Yoshino, who I don't believe has been tagged in, unless it was during the break and I missed it. But now we have uh, Yoshino in here. Teddy Hart and Yoshino have a back and forth. Yoshino very quickly gets Teddy Hart with an armbar takedown into a, a Fujiwara armbar. Uh, I love Team Dragon Gate. Yeah, like, they're it makes probably me... my... F- they're my favorite part of the show. Um, Dragon Gate is probably my favorite Japanese coalition. I'm not going to lie. I, I I can appreciate a good, slow, technical match, but I love flippy shit. Yeah, I need to I need to watch Dragon Gate, I guess. I never have. We watched We watched a little bit. It, well, was, like a, it right. was like a five-way tag team match. That God, was insane. Was yeah. But anyways, uh, this is the move I was thinking of before. Uh, Teddy Hart hits a, a gut buster. He, he lifts him up, and it would be a gut buster, except... He does, like, a flip? I don't know. It, I, it's, I have it written as a flipping gut buster. 
And then uh, a scooping cutter, which is Hart lifts up Yoshino into a scoop slam and then drops into a cutter, like an RKO, which is a really nice move. I like it. Not enough for the three count still. Teddy Hart gets a two. Chris Kloss wants us once again to know that the ref's counts are very slow, even though they're not. The ref's counts have been the exact same every single time. I like that this is this is trying to do, like, um, not the regular play-by-play and color commentary. You know, you have your face color commentator and your heel color commentator kind of giving different perspectives on the match, which is fine. But this is this is neither here nor there. This This comes across as amateurish. Probably the best thing about the product, like, unironically the best thing... Are the referees like the referees are very good in this in this program? So they're willing they're willing to go the extra mile, the extra step up the step ladder to make sure that the disco ball is in place for that seventies team. Yeah, really, like, you're doing a great job, ref. Teddy Hart hits his his cradle DDT, which again, really nice looking DDT. I love it. Horiguchi breaks up the pin, so once again, that's not a three. Jib steps in with this, which is probably the best line in the match. Man, I've never seen nothing like that in my whole entire life. <laughs> like I've been on Earth that long. <laughs> in his 16 years of life, he, Jibs has never seen anything like I've that. I've never before. seen anything like that. <laughs> he did it. Oh, it a nice knee he did it. something. He said it. We're, pr- we're proud of you, buddy. Yeah. Horiguchi hits the reverse DDT on Teddy Hart. That's a kick out in two. Teddy Hart counters with his flipping tiger driver. Um, I guess that's two. Right? Does that count as a as a moonsault from Teddy Hart? Yeah, I guess so. Alright, it's two, but we'll put a star next to it. We need to change the moonsault counter into the counter where he's getting his shit in. I feel like we would have a lot more success. The, yeah, the... The get your shit in counter. The get your shit in counter, the, the front flip counter. Um, <laughs> speaking of getting your shit in, here we go. Both of the Filth and the Fury go up to the corners, do flippy shit. Teddy Hart hits the open heart surgery. M-Dog 20 hits a shooting star press. Once again, that's a finisher. And he was wise enough to wait to use it as such. It's a double count. The ref counts both of them, even though Matt Cross was not tagged in. Continuing to be the best part of the show. Yeah. Uh, I I guess I take back what I said about the ref. Sorry, dude. That is... <laughs> that is, in fact, the Quiznos Slamwich of the night. God, what a, what a terrible product placement for a terrible product it is also worth mentioning that mdog 20 was not tagged in you didn't look you didn't you didn't you didn't there was no tag yeah fuck ref it's it's a dramatic finish whatever uh one two three your winners by presumably a double pinfall the filth and the fury moving right along we go into a promo with scorpio sky with our first backstage correspondent for wsx lacy lacy Lacey, glad to have you five episodes in. I like Lacey, though. I'm glad she's here. She's She does perfectly fine. Obviously, she knows how to improvise. This isn't her first rodeo. They talk about just the, the mentality for going into his next match, but I really like Scorpio's character. This is kind of like the first one-on-one promo that a, um, somebody in WSX has had where they've really established a character and they've really given a lot of thought into how they want to present that character. Yeah. Um, the Ric Flair shit at the end with all the rhyming was cringy as fuck. <laughs> you can take a listen for yourself. So does this mean that the Prince of uh, Montclair High School is challenging the Prince of Parkland to a match? <laughs> You're damn right. Evans, if you got the guts, 
come and face the one and only, never lonely, young and rowdy, with a perfect body. I'm always dressed to impress, cause I'm simply the best. I'm every young girl's fling, every old woman's dream. The best thing inside the ring. You got the guts. Meet me next week. I'll be the guy carrying these. <laughs> Woo! Woo! I think it's great. I think the diluted high school superlative winner is a unique and interesting idea that could only exist in 2006. Yeah. Truly, like, if, if it was done now, it would be like a, a special snowflake type deal. Very more millennial-centered and be way less tasteful. So glad that Scorpio Sky was able to do something with that. Uh, we have another plug for WS Extra. Fabian, he's back. He doesn't sound great. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think this is one of those deals where they, you know, you're not going to record a 20-minute show once every week, so they probably had him yelling for about an hour and a half at this point. Well, it's you have to understand that they originally taped for one hour each, so this is this is three or four hours at this point. I didn't know that. I guess I didn't do my research. I thought that this was originally a 30-minute show. No, this was this was originally going to be an hour show, and you could tell because they have footage from. The musical guests that never made it into the show. They have these WS extra matches that they could have put in, but they had to relegate instead to this online format. There you go. That's that's why you're the host and I'm the, the backup. So we have a singles match next. We got Six Pack coming out, coming up against Human Tornado. There's a terrible promo we see from WS Extra, which we're gonna get to. We promise. Sixpack does not look great here. He looks like he's dressed for an LGBT revival of Sons of Anarchy. Um, <laughs> he is working those vinyl pants, though, as terrible as they look on him. Chris Kloss confirms to us that Sixpack was the one who attacked Tornado. He says this. It's really bad. After Pac attacked the Tornado last week, forcing his match to be canceled, well, the PIMP had this to uh, S-A-Y. The most awkward throw in the history of wrestling. And you know what? Props to Chris Kloss for learning to spell say. Yeah, he his confidence was a little shaky there, but he managed it. Fabian Kalen once again spinning as he introduces the human tornado, which is... <laughs> we need, like, a gif of this on the Facebook page at some point, because it's the best. Tornado denies thy father, refuses thy name, and descends from the balcony once again opening the match by throwing Sixpack out of the ring and flip over the top rope. He continues to impress me with how much elevation he gets off of that jump. That that Tope Con Hilo is killer. Like, it's it's incredible how far he can jump. We hit that Tope Con Hilo, the two of them are ringside, and we get a nice brawl. Sixpack picks him up, like, in the atomic drop position and runs Tornado Balls first in the barricade. I think they were trying to set up the, um... Like, the Tornado's got Steel Balls no-sell spot... But I think Tornado actually, like, cracked his head on the post, because he did not get up right afterwards. Oh. Um, he does get up, though, so that's, you know, it's... He's still good. He's he's good. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. We get some more chops. Jibs decides off. to step in with his prediction. Now, Jibs, what do you like in this matchup right now? You got Six Puck, you got the Human Tornado from Hollywood, Alabama. Man, both of them are going at it. I can't call it right now. We need a few more minutes in the fight. Absolutely. You know what? You're right. It is too close to call at this point in time. The six pack look like he getting Met it back in, in the ring. We get a Bronco Buster. Mm. 2006 MTV. Here we go. Give me that dick-based offense. <laughs> <laughs> he, tries to, he tries to go for it again. Hits the PP and the testy off the ring post. Ouchie, ouch. We got some buggy-wuggy kicks from Tornado. There's another chant. 
that's like two chants in five episodes, does a split and hits him in his PP and testy again. Yeah. This is this is really cool. I don't He like um, he like Johnny Cage's it from Mortal Kombat. He goes, ha! Yeah, he does the split and his leg goes forward because he's doing a split and it kicks Six Pac in the dingus. <laughs> Which is it's it's I I don't know if I've ever seen that. I really like it. Uh, Chris Kloss. He calls he calls it the testicle region. <laughs> the the region defined by the testicle. Ah. Uh, that famous testicle that Six This guy Pac makes has. impact wrestling commentary look good. <laughs> Tornado, after kicking Six Pac in the testicle region, only manages to get a two count. Tornado is distracted. There's a spot with the ref. Tornado almost runs into the ref. The ref is distracted. Tornado is like trying to apologize to him. Six Pac hits the kick. That uh, that nice roundhouse kick. Six Pac goes up to the top rope. Another dick-based offense crotch shot from Tornado. Commentary calls this a shot to the boogles. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never I heard before. That. Oh the my boogles. god! The boogles. B o o g l e s. The boogles. The boogles. Uh, dick-based offense. Famous is real and is here. Famous and it is not going anywhere. Famous '80s pop band, The Boogles. Holy <laughs> fucking shit! The show is everything, oh Zach. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, Six Pot concentrates on Tornado's boogles. Hits him in the balls. He should know, having studied his tape, that that's not going to do anything. Um, and I guess he does because he goes to rake the eyes as well. Oh, yeah. What a heel. Six Pac goes up to the top, hits the super six factor, gets the one, two, three, and, and accentuates it with some just absolute... He, uh, he like, uh, he like face fucks him. He's like pushing yeah, I was, his, I was trying his to think hips of a nice against way this guy's face. It, but... It's abs... Just who... No, the fireball. Too much. Too much. We need more of Six Pack humping guys in the face, though. Give us more of that. Give us some mamacitas and cervezas. No fireballs, but give me that fuck. What the fuck, MTV? <laughs> Your winner by pinfall. Six Pack, who has begun doing crotch stuff. Hey, Gabe. What? Do you remember DX? With DX? Do you remember DX? D-Generation X? Do you, do you remember DX? Do, 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 do you remember... Second, remember, remember DX? D DX? D DX? Do you remember DX? Ooh. Yeah, no, DX? Yeah, DX? I think, I think it might, um, DX? Make some noise. No, I don't. Your winner by pinfall, six pog. We move right along to our main event, the anarchist, Eric Cannon versus <laughs> Delicado. The first Jesus. time we've seen Delicado. What do we know about him? He is a CZW and a PWG vet. At the time, he was working in CZW. I don't know that much about him personally, but he's, he's good. But before oh, we before, do that, Yeah, though, before this. Holy shit. <laughs> um, Team Dragon Gate, they've come off, they, they lost earlier in the episode, we remember this. Mm -hmm. um, they're in a weird-ass promo, yeah. where they're backstage, they're, they, they run into this guy, and he's like, you've lost one too many times. I mean, yep. I mean they, they had two matches, but that's beside the point. Yeah, so one is acceptable, but two is one too many. Team Dragon Gate is thrown into a van, like a free candy van, that just just barrels away. They've been kidnapped. We don't know what's going on right now. And they're 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 kidnapped by somebody in like a suit, like a tuxedo with uh, sunglasses. This might be a yakuza angle, which would be really again something really weird for a wrestling yeah, show. But that's um, yikes. That's yeah. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, back to our main event. We have the yeah, inner we're, we're not we're not worried. The cameraman just saw all of this, but he's going back to the ring. We've got a match to get to. Yeah, we, we're we're busy here. We're on a schedule. Uh, yeah. Time is money. I mean, this isn't the worst crime that we've seen in the uh, WSX arena. So, the Anarchistera Cannon debuts in the shittiest, like shiniest Juggalo Championship Wrestling <sighs> amateur wrestling gear. It's it's so ugly to look at. The man that the garbage truck forgot. <laughs> By the way, I'm I'm the one with the the encyclopedic knowledge. Eric Cannon's finisher. What what is that, Gabe? What is it called? The <clears throat> the glimmering warlock. Gabe, I hate it. His finisher is the shining wizard, and he calls it a glimmering warlock because he thinks it's the funny. The glimmering and it's not. warlock. Like that's this isn't a bit. That's like one of my least favorite. I, I hate it so much. Not as much as you, but I'm 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 with you. Um, Brett Ernst comes in as. Uh, Eric Cannon comes out with a little bit of this. The anarchist Eric Cannon. Eric Cannon with a lot of facial hair and a mohawk. That really is anarchy, isn't it? It really is. As the match begins, Delicato has control. And you know, for cutting such a, a mean promo last time, doing some dick-based offense, wait till you see what I do to the competition, he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, I think... Maybe he's doing better against his friends because your friends don't expect you to beat the shit out of him. But when um, when you're in a match against somebody whose job, like, they get paid to kick the shit out of you, he doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Tell me about Delicado, Gabe. Delicado, as we find out from commentary, is a man of very little words. Their words, not mine. Because he doesn't want to be accused of snitching for the many crimes he's been a part of. <laughs> also their words, not yours. Get it? Get it? Because he's in a gang. Yeah. And he does crimes. Mm. Mm-mm. God. 2006 MTV. You continue to astound me. So after about a minute, Cannon starts to turn this around. Hits a nice neckbreaker against Delicado. Ernst again steps in with this. I, I don't know if I'm into the anarchy thing. I, I like social order myself, Chris. If I were Jibs right now, I would be as awkward as he is on commentary because he's pretty fucking awkward <laughs> having to deal with all the shit that Brent Ernst is coming out with. Eric Cannon taking control of the match again with a really nice enziguri. Yes. Brent Ernst breaks us off with one more. are still underway with a nice shot to the back of the neck. But look at this, Delicato's still on his feet. He's conditioned himself not to talk so much. He didn't even say ouch. The shit's so nice, he said it twice. Ugh. Cannon hits a top rope draped swinging neckbreaker. You know, like the draping DDT that Randy Orton does. Yeah. It's, it's that, but off the top rope and he does a neckbreaker instead. It's a good looking move. Uh, and then he hits a belly to back suplex. Delicado puts a little too much oomph onto that suplex because he lands directly on his head. It looked great. He sold it really well. Yeah, it's a strong style Japanese head drop. Looks great. It's horrifying. Somewhere in the land of the rising sun, Shibata just gives a little nod. Yes. And says, well played. Delicato is not dead, I'm, I'm happy to report. But the move looks bad enough that we have a run-in from Delicato's gang. Ref throws the match out. It's a no contest. For an anarchist, Eric Cannon is not doing a whole lot of anarchy. <laughs> Obviously, they're... they're beating him up. They've got him in the corner. They're taking turns. Unicorn Stampede. He's overwhelmed, pulled out of the ring, and put onto a table 
to which there's a double stomp from the top rope to the outside on Cannon. Yeah, that's holy a, shit. That's a crazy move. That's that's some decent revenge for that uh, DDT spot. Mm. Asking probably the most important question of the match, Chris Kloss comes out with this, which I present with no context. Did you see the height? Brent, Jibs, the elevation on that. Whoa, that's crazy. That's bananas. That's bananas. Guys, this is beyond bananas. That is I as much context as we got. <laughs> as this, I shit you not. This is going I on. I shit you not. Go, this they is your... Dunk his, they dunk his fucking head into fake cement. They're trying to kill this man. Yeah, this is this is your reminder for this episode. Please go to Amazon, buy the DVD so you can watch this. Like, buy the show. This, this beatdown is going on. Immediately, we get a jump cut to somebody wheeling in a wheelbarrow with blue cement in it. It's it's not cement. Commentary asks them where they got it. They stick his head in the cement. Delicado's gang, one of one of the people, <laughs> picks up a fucking it. It looks like a giant red snapper. It's dry. a big fish. And I'll tell you, Delicado and his crew just sent a message that they are not to be messed with. What in the world is this? It looks like they're making a statement right here. That is a dead fish. I don't know what that means to Mexicans, but to the Italians, that's a bad sign. It's a Jim, it's a know. huge fish. It's and like the size <laughs> of Eric Cannon's abdomen. It's like got to be yeah, like two feet. From the top of his neck to the to like his belt line. Yeah. And they place it atop the suffocating Eric Cannon, who is suffocating from cement. <laughs> this fucking show. If we've learned anything. It's that WSX hates edgelords. Yeah. He hates them. First... Rip Youth Suicide. Rip Youth Suicide. Fucking dying in the first episode. Rick Eric And now Cannon. this. This is just... This has gone to so many places, I wasn't expecting it to go. Yeah. This is everything, man. Just as a side note, it's really interesting to see that the, the WSX, for how thematic the show is... The audience is just consistently, they're just called fans. Um, they are. This is before the era of the WWE universe, keep in mind. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, okay. that's a pretty new, I, I want to say that's like 2011, 2012 maybe. Yeah, that's the, the I don't beginning know of the reality era. Yeah, everyone was still fans at this point. So it's, it, it sounds weird looking back, but at the time that was not too bizarre. After everything that has happened, after all is said and done, the show probably takes the most surprising turn of all and gives us a proper send-off <laughs> from the commentary team. It took them half the show to do this. Yeah. So we have... A, this is... Just just listen. Just listen for yourself. Okay, fans, we're going to try to get some more information on just who the hell these guys are on WSX.MTV.com. Until then, we'll see you next week right here on Wrestling Society X. Man, Brett, Cannon got jacked up. God. I, I made sure to keep Brett Ernst in there after the sign-off with his little, like... <laughs> I know. It's, it's nice of them to fuck up the sign-off. Just to kind of keep it tradition. So I made a note to watch the credits, mm -hmm. just to see if there was anything interesting in there that I may add to the show, just to kind of give us a little bit more to talk about. The credits listed the episode's host, not not the commentary, the host, as Jibs. Jibs. Jibs 
is credited as the host of Wrestling Society X with Chris Kloss and Brent Ernst as play-by-play commentary. Do you think they do that for every episode? Because I, I haven't paid attention. I went back. I went back to the first episode. They do. Black Label's, <laughs> uh, Black Label Society is listed as... Or, no, not just Black Label Society. Zach Wild. Zach Wild was listed as the host of Wrestling Society X. And then after that, with the, the second musical guest, and then the two guys who were in commentary from Sparta. What the fuck? I, I wonder if that's, like, some sort of weird Screen Actors Guild thing where they, like, want the credit as a TV host. I guess so. Like, that's the only thing... I that's, mean, that looks that looks way better than guest, I suppose. Yeah, it's just a... It's a, it's a stretch. But anyway, we, we're at the end of episode five... We are halfway through. The roller coaster has gone down. We are experiencing our first loop-de-loop, probably of several loop-de-loops. I'm gonna barf. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right <laughs> back with episode six of Wrestling Society X. Stay, Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Uh, Gabriel Clark here, coming back at you again in case you needed any more of me. Uh, I just wanted to say a quick shout out to my friend JLo. Um, he is uh, a very good friend of mine and also the co-host of Discman Dudes, which is an ongoing project, which is a retrospective of the Now That's What I Call Music um, series. You can check that out on iTunes. Uh, JLo was gracious enough to provide me with a record so that we can record remotely. Um, Zach, as you may know, lives in Somerville. I live in Portland. We don't get a chance to meet up all that much, so it really means a lot to be able to get to do this on a semi-regular basis to provide you more content. If you hear anything that you think is wrong, or if you want to give us some feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Fabian Kalen fanfiction is always appreciated, you can check us out. Send us an email at WrestleBoySocialX at gmail.com. We'll take anything at this point, um, even if it's like, hey, shut up, be quiet. I mean, we're not going to do that, but you can send it to us. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get right back into it with episode six in the second half of episode three of WrestleBoy Social Explosion. Uh, sit tight. And we are back. We are back with episode six of Wrestling Society X. Blah, 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 blah. This episode's musical guest is Good Charlotte. Gabe, do you realize how excited I was to recognize a musical act? <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, no lie. Just, the first time that I recognized the musical act for the show. This is they they put out an album like a year or two before this, so they're probably still doing promotion for that. So Vampiro, we find out from commentary, his magician attacker is revealed to be none other than. It's Ricky Banderas. This might have been revealed on WS Extra Five if you were watching that. I didn't. As we learned from the from commentary, WSX is the newest battlefield for a years-old rivalry between Vampiro and Ricky Banderas. Actually pretty interesting. It kind of adds a new um, level of interest to the angle, um, knowing that they've been going at it for a long time. Chris Kloss wants to know more about Banderas' mission to, quote, snuff the living life, end quote, out of Vampiro. And this is a note that you made. This is, if you wanted to expand on this a little bit, it's... Definitely pretty smart booking. Yeah, I mean, I, I already said it before, but, like, if you're having a new wrestling company where, you know, it's new, there's no feuds that are starting, you might as well import one. This is a big feud, but it's not big for U.S. fans, and it's not going to be big for, you know, casual wrestling fans who are watching a wrestling show on MTV like this. But 
Uh, it's really smart by the people who are writing the show to start with something that's already big and already exists. You know, and it also, it might even bring in some, like, more proficient wrestling fans. They'd be like, oh, this is just some dumb show. Now they have something to be legitimately interested in because there are some pretty big names at this point. That's true. At least in the indie wrestling scene. We cut to Lacey, who is shown waiting to interview Vampiro. Instead... Kind of looks like she's trying not to wait for a Tinder date at a bar. <laughs> she looks pretty uncomfortable, so we're going to get away from her because you shut the fuck up when Fabian Kalen is talking. Welcome to Wrestling Society X! Be forewarned that tonight in this very ring will bring you extreme action and infinite intensity that will ignite the inferno! And Zach, this time, this time Fabian is holding something. He's got yeah, something is... in his hand. And it's not a microphone. This is one of the first things I don't remember. And this is, this is, I was going to say magical. It's literally magical. No pun intended. Fabian is holding a handkerchief. And he's kind of waving it around as he's doing his introduction spiel. And when he starts introducing our entrance for the first match, he flips the handkerchief in his hand. We get some post-production lightning, and it turns into a magic wand. Like a literal magic Holy wand. Holy fucking shit, He does a magic Fabian. trick. He's doing stage magic in the ring. This it's, guy does I, everything. I, I don't get it. I love him. He's, this, this guy is not human. This was a blessing given from God to bless us plebeians. Just ah. buy buy this DVD. Buy the show. Just please buy buy the DVD and watch this. Fabian Kalen introduces our singles match. We got a little preview of this in the last episode. It's Scorpio Sky versus Jack Evans. It is. We get an unconventional entrance. It's from the ramp. Scorpio Sky actually walks in from the main entrance and walks down what would be the ramp and enters the ring. Now, good Charlotte enters as the two, you know, they start their their catch wrestling back and forth. Good Charlotte is probably the first example of somebody that tries too hard to be interested in what's going on (laughs) um, because they come across as incredibly annoying, like borderline unlistenable. Who was it that did their research? Was it Sparta? Good Charlotte gives me the same feel. I don't know if they actually know what they're talking about or not, but they're just, like, trying to build up their cred as wrestling fans immediately. Listing off a lot of wrestlers, but especially The Undertaker, they all agree, is the wrestler that they know. There are multiple instances of them just, like, adding in nothing lines to try and spice it up a little bit. We have this. Well, he recovered from that. This is it, though. Jack Evans gets laid up by an amazing clothesline, gets covered for two. There's this. Scorpio Sky looks like, yes, oh. he's going for the pin. This could do it, guys. One, two, oh. and oh, only two. Only two. Looks we get like a comment from Ernst, says that if Jack Evans beats Seidel and Sky beats Evans, that Scorpio Sky gets two victories. Another great little character bit there, but unfortunately <laughs> it's ruined as Sky goes for the cover again with this. Tap out, son. Tap out. Oh, he got out. See, this is this is what wrestling's all about right here. Yeah, so Good Charlotte loves wrestling and wrestlers. Thanks for coming. Yeah, so Sky is hit a slingshot backbreaker, gets a two count. Good Charlotte wants him to tap out as a result. Evans gets whipped into the corner, jumps up to the middle rope, 
springboards up to the top rope, and then dropkicks Sky. Very cool, high-flying dropkick there, double springboard. If Team Dragon Gate is my favorite tag team, then Jack Evans is my favorite singles performer. He's doing some amazing stuff. And we, we've talked about it before. Like, if he were in WWE, he would not be nearly as good as he is here. Yeah. He, he plays exactly to what is needed for Wrestling <clears throat> Society X. Yeah, Joel and Benji are very painfully trying to pretend to be interested, but they are definitely talking, which I guess maybe is good. Maybe it's better to be one of the people who doesn't talk and then just kind of leaves early because they're not polluting this. Evans covers after that drop kick. It's a kick out at two. Evans does like a double stomp from the ground and then does a standing moonsault from that position, which is pretty cool. Again, that's only worth two. Evans loses his do-rag. We do get a note from commentary regarding the do-rag. Uh, once he loses it, it's over. That's so. they've, they've clearly done their research in watching the first episode of Wrestling Society X. As you know, Rip Youth Suicide, once he lost his, his trilby, that was it. He was done. Sky's whipped into the corner. He gets a boot up as Evans moves in. Well, let's see if you guys are right. Well, Scorpio Sky just got the feet up just get, in That's the... called the scorpion kick. He just gave it to oh, him. The flip. Uh, oh, apparently that's called goodness. the scorpion kick. It's, it's not, but that's what no, we're told. No, you, you, don't, you don't get to just make that up, it's, good Charlotte. It's called, it's called a boot. <laughs> Evans backflips from the corner and gets caught by Sky, who moves underneath him and rolls him up into a, a really nice-looking dragon sleeper. And I say really, like, I, I call everything really nice, but usually in a dragon sleeper, the person's, like, on their back, and then the sleeper is applied to them, right? So they're kind of draped out forward. This is like a, a camel clutch almost, but it's a it's a dragon sleeper position. It looks brutal. And, like, good for Jack Evans for being flexible enough to not be killed by this, because yeah. it's gorgeous. So what's, what's interesting to me at this point in the match is that Chris Kloss begins to explain, they're in the center of the ring as the dragon sleeper is applied, Chris Kloss explains how a rope break works. Yeah, after after five episodes? Five and, five and a quarter episodes, yeah. We're in the sixth episode, and he starts to explain how a move can be broken if you can make it to the plane of the ropes. This is like Wrestling 101. Like, yeah, you, sh- you, sh- you should know this if you're watching any wrestling show. But, I mean, I guess it, it's enough to coach Evans through this. He does make the rope break. There's a chant for Scorpio commentary says they're booing him. So I think maybe somebody in post is confused. Yeah, it's like they they do very little to establish normal wrestling tropes for an audience and for commentary. And the attempts that they've made so far haven't really gone the way that they were supposed to. It's too bad because in some cases, like they've demonstrated that they're capable of doing it. Like they know what they're doing. They just don't do it. And it's, it's disappointing, I guess. Evans is back in the corner, takes a chop, and is sat up on the top rope. Uh, <laughs> this is something I, I I had to watch this a few times to make sure I was seeing what I was seeing. I couldn't. I didn't even see it. So good on you for for making a note. Just to set up the scene here, uh, Jack Evans is in what would be the northwest turnbuckle. He's back into the left from the hard camera. Scorpio Sky is up there with him, and in the background of this shot. <laughs> is Fabian Kalen bouncing <laughs> back and forth like he is warming up for the next race at his track meet. He's like reenacting Brock Lesnar's entrance. He is. He does a little it's, bounces. It's absurd. <laughs> it's just... It's fucking great. He is by far the best part of this show. Like, it's just... 
I, I can't buy this DVD. Just 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 for all the Fabian Kalen parts, even if you have to skip um, some really good wrestling and some terribly edited promos to get there, just for just for everything Fabian Kalen does and is and stands for and represents is just I cannot emphasize enough. There are yeah. I'm running out of words, Zach. No, I'm absolutely. running out of words. And there are two episodes left. Yeah. <laughs> In the shot, additionally to seeing Fabian, uh, we do see Evans fight back, throws Sky down to the ring with a super front suplex, like a gourd buster. That was cool. Evans hits the 450 splash. One, two, three, your winner by pinfall, Jack Evans. Jack Evans, 3-0. and Looking good. Looking good. He's kind of the top baby face now of WSX. Kind of like the scrappy vanilla ice type deal. The match was kind of underwhelming. Yeah, he is starting to earn that undefeated moniker that he got last episode, so that's good. But yeah, this is kind of an underwhelming match. It's fine. It's it's good for what it is. Chris Kloss assumes... I, I like this bit. On commentary, he assumes it's going to be the 630 splash and says that it's the 630 splash. But as he completes the 450 splash, he has to correct himself and can't even do the count properly at that point. Right oh. there. Wait a minute, we've seen this before! The 630 splash! Oh. Good Charlotte doesn't seem to mind they end uh, this segment with uh, probably the best quote of the entire match. Go back to college. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're you're trying, boys. You're trying. I, um, I appreciate their effort, if nothing else. Yeah, we move right along to. A uh, promo with Chaos and Aguilera, our favorite lovable losers. It's Chaos's turn to focus on the Mamacitas and the Cervezas starting now. Uh-huh. Um, and he, he gets in between a couple of Mamacitas, but not before running into Disco Duck, who's trying to put the moves on the ladies first. He's making a couple of bad testy jokes uh, with yeah. a couple disco balls, and he's trying to impress the ladies. Who is Disco Duck? So... This is kind of an interesting thing. This episode has a lot of really deep cuts for music culture references. Disco Duck is a disco machine. He's wearing a mask that has a big nose on it, so he's a duck. So that's good. Disco Duck was a parody disco song from the mid-70s. I don't know why I know that. Like, that's a really weird reference. But, like, that's the MTV aspect of the show, I guess. There's just a lot of... There's another one coming up. We'll get to it, but... It weirds me out that they're taking all the deep cuts... Like the asbestos bit and this disco duck reference, and they're just dumping them all on that '70s team. Yeah, <laughs> really, it's really interesting to me. Um, so Chaos and Aguilera intimidate Disco Duck. He runs off. Really gross segment. I'm really oh, not a yeah. fan this of this. Is, this is nasty. Chaos is like, hey man, this isn't a great idea. The filth and the fury. They're not worried about the Mamacitas and the Cervezas, and we are, and they're undefeated. So Aguilera kind of takes off the scumbag view for a second. And says, we're going to challenge them. And he says, there's no more distractions. If they lose this next match, Chaos can split up Los Pochos. And then it's time for Chaos to do a sex. Gross. Yuck. Yeah, this is... uh, These two guys are talking about their tag team. Aguilera is trying to give these two... I don't know if they're supposed to be prostitutes or if they're just like ladies who follow them it's it's a really gross segment i i don't like it it's probably the most 2006 mtv segment we've seen so far aside from pretty much all of six pops performance in the last episode 
it's time for us to move on to our next tag team match. The match I've been waiting for for six episodes. <laughs> it is That 70s Team versus Doing It For Her, D-I-F-H, the tag team of Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black, better known as WWE's Seth Rollins. Yes. Before that, we do get this really heavily scripted, like, 70s promo. Are they in, like, a, a disco trailer or something? Yeah. Joey Ryan is really awkward in this, and Disco Machine is, like, reading a script almost. I'm wondering if it's on purpose, like, if it's supposed to be, like, a really bad 70s... Like, like, like 70s porno dialogue, you think? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm wondering. Interesting. I, I didn't see it from that perspective because this is a bad show, but, um... <laughs> <laughs> we got another deep cut! Yeah, this is another one. Like, I only know this because I go on a Wikipedia safari once in a while, and I landed on this. We get a reference to the Disco Demolition. Have you ever heard of this? No, because I'm not a nerd, but go ahead. So, well, I am, so fuck you. Um, this was an event in Chicago in 1979. It was a radio event where some local radio DJs who were on, like, this would have been the 80s, so it might have been, like, a prog rock station or something, were accepting donations of disco vinyls to be blown up on the field of a baseball stadium during a doubleheader, like, during the break. So there's a bunch of drunk people who hate disco taking witness to all these vinyls being destroyed. The event ended up turning into, like, an actual riot that Holy destroyed shit. the field. Yeah, uh, Chicago actually had to forfeit the second game because they could not play on the field. Wow. So that's your deep cut for, for this promo. It's, Let's go Cubs. That's another MTV thing, I think. Like, 70s team being disco and being heels and... Making the Disco Demolition reference. Disco was largely in the 70s, and I think MTV was started in 1982. But you may be right. I could be wrong. We get, after this segment, a commentary voiceover as we get our first backstage glimpse of Doing It For Her, where Jimmy Jacobs <laughs> writes in his diary with a pink feather pen because men having feelings is gay. Tyler mm -hmm. Black is amping himself up as sort of the antithesis. I like this dynamic of having one sensitive and one angry. Yeah, um, both kinds of emo. JJ is seen. <laughs> JJ is seen adding some eyeliner, and they make a point to see that he's getting some Quiznos <laughs> in before his match, which kind of like he's eating. A he's Quiznos got like a piece so. of turkey dangling out of his mouth as he like kind of smiles at the camera through the mirror. This fucking show. This fucking I can't show. believe this show. So Fabian continues to show his magical prowess as whatever he had, whatever like stick he had, he like made appear, it has grown in size as he has continued to do his job. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, instead of a wand, it's like a rod now. The stepladder is back as that 70s team comes out to a lot of booze. They're a, they're a heel team. They rely on a lot of, for 2006 MTV, gross tactics. They're sort of seen as the heel. From the dark side of love, I shit you not. Hailing from the dark side of love. Doing it for her. Come out. Tyler's the ass kicker. JJ's the sensitive one. Their uh, their PowerPoint slide that their signature is the kiss to kill. Jimmy is already getting some numbers. I think this may play into my, my theory of MTV not liking disco because there is a disco sucks chant. That is, again, that's like your peak MTV Disco sucks, give me my Nirvana and, you know, all that. Yeah, Jimmy Jacobs is getting some numbers. He's focusing on the Mamacitas, I guess, or whatever they... What's, what's the what's the emo equivalent of Mamacitas? The Honeys. Jimmy Jacobs is focusing on the on the Honeys. 
Tyler Black gets thrown out. Black climbs back up, goes off the top rope, and hits a double lariat from the top rope. He is all business. For those of you who do watch WWE and you're familiar with Seth Rollins, keep in mind that we in WSX are in a world where Tyler Black is the hoss in the ring right now. He's what? He's like six foot? I think it would help to understand just what the term hoss means. A hoss is just a, a big bastard. Like, he he's the big guy in the ring. He's the one who's going to be showing off his strength. Oh, yep. He's, I, I want to say like Mark Henry is kind of a hoss. He's just a, a, a big motherfucker. I just want to reiterate, at this point, Jimmy Jacobs runs up and, like, hugs the side of Tyler Black. And it just, like, it reiterates yes. that this is, like, a great dynamic for a tag team to have. As problematic as it can get sometimes. Because Jimmy Jacobs starts getting thrown around. Like, Tyler Black, as you said, the hoss of the ring. Jimmy Jacobs is, is the toss boy. <laughs> I'm thinking Toss Boy. He's our sweet Toss Boy. Uh, yeah, Black picks up Jacobs and just starts hucking him against opponents. Picks him up, he throws him into a spear. Jacobs Hurricane Rana's disco machine off of Black's shoulders. Uh, Doomsday device, Hurricane Rana, very cool. Black picks up Jacobs, throws him out of the ring into a plancha onto disco machine. Uh, who's JR? Joey Ryan throws uh, the referee kind of <laughs> into the ring. JR? By God! Um, Joey Ryan throws the ref into the ropes, which knocks Tyler Black off the top rope, crotching him. That's a lot of exertion for Joey Ryan, so he hits the inhaler spot. Boo! Boo! Asthma sucks. Joey Ryan gets Tyler Black into the corner. Black tries to sunset flip. And it's... Joey Ryan. Mm, and instead, pulls down... <laughs> pulls down the trunks. There's that choice ass again. Yep. We hear sunset this. Joey Ryan holding good. on. Good. Submit right there. Literally Just a, literally a, a, an atrocity. Good Charlotte, I gotta apologize right off the bat That's for all right. this. I, I've I seen a lot of ass here I, today. And this should have played to... the thong song. So it's oh, good to know that even good Charlotte can be wrong. Sometimes. Nobody's perfect. Both of the members of Doing It For Her are in the corner. Ryan shoulders them, spears Tyler Black out of the ring. Disco Machine and comes back in, hits an avalanche power slam from the top rope. Into a pinfall. One, two, three. Your winners, Disco Machine and Joey Ryan. That seven gross. Team. I would have preferred, not that I have any bias. I would have preferred, like if, like Jimmy Jacobs getting thrown around would have been the factor that would have let Difh win. But we get some more ass tassels references, so I guess everything's fine. So Disco, it was a great match. I agree. Disco now gyrating his hips with the ass tassels. Just embarrassing across the board. What a win that was! That's canon, yep. This is <laughs> this is another thing I added to the notes. I don't know if you caught it or not. I didn't. After the match, that 70s team is celebrating. Disco Machine kind of jumps up to hug Joey Ryan, but slides off because Joey Ryan oiled himself before the match. So he's he like jumps up for a hug and just slides down him like a fire pole. And he tries, he tries this twice, and it happens both times. That's very good. That's very good. I may not like this team, but that's still a really good spot. Both of these teams are really good, again, for what this product is. They're definitely catering towards what is expected from them. We get a Team Dragon Gate promo shortly after their kidnapping. 
they, they continue that here. They're, like, laying on the floor in this, like, room with no windows. And the, the weird Yakuza guy from before walks in. He sets down a tray with two cups on it. He drinks them and then spits them out onto the tray. It looks like maybe that's, like, their water. He's supposed to be giving them food and water, and um, he's he like, drinks it and spits it out. Yeah, he's going to mama bird it for them. But then he tells them that they're almost ready. What? what the whatever fuck? the fuck they could be ready for, we don't know. What, what is this? We cut to a commercial break, and the clip that we see to get us amped for the end of the show is Ricky Vanderas attacking Phoebe and Kaylin? I, this, I, I could not look away. How fucking dare you? Right. What gives you the right? Who do you think you are attacking a literal stage magician and ring announcer? We do come back from the commercial break. <laughs> We're in the back with Tyler Black and Jimmy Jacobs. Tell, tell, tell me about this promo, please. This promo was taped in 2006, and at this point, Seth Rollins, I need you to understand, it's 2017 as of this recording, Seth Rollins has just turned 30. Mm -hmm. In this promo, Tyler Black is 19 years old. This is right after he put on a match with uh, AJ Styles. The one, the one time that they've wrestled in the indies, it was Tyler Black versus AJ Styles in a high school gym in Iowa. And if you can find the clip from that, it's amazing. You would not know that Tyler could not do very well on the microphone <laughs> before this promo because this yeah. is this is a far cry from Seth Rollins who has gone toe-to-toe, outperformed Paul Heyman, Triple H... John Cena on the microphone. He's gone toe-to-toe with the best in the business. You would not know that from this promo. because This we is st- not Seth Rollins. Because, this is Tyler Black. Because Tyler Black starts off with this. <laughs> Jimmy, where were you out there tonight? Bro, 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 relax. And you know, dude, this, is, dude. this is interesting because he's very bad here. This is only... This is Age of the Fall. This is where Tyler Black, this is like his big indie break. And he does a pretty good job. He has that physical charisma. Like, he's he's very intimidating tossing Jimmy Jacobs around, but... Yeah, this is bad. This is horrible. Just... <laughs> and you can tell because Jimmy is just carrying it the entire time. He's talking yeah. about how he needed that girl's number because love is part of the bigger picture. Don't you get it, Tyler? Don't you get it? He pulls out a guitar and starts to play it and wax poetic and by the way, props to the production team on this because every time Tyler says something, there's like this like metal and then it cuts back to Jimmy Jacobs. JJ's guitar not tuned. Nobody thinks to tune this guitar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tyler finishes with this. We lost to a bunch of hippies. But, but that girl, dude, I could have found love. Look at the bigger picture, man. Isn't that nice, dude? Chill, bro. See? <gasps> I hate the 70s! I am fucking dead. I cannot believe that he just capped off the worst promo of his career with that. Unbelievable. Phenomenal. God, doing it for her. Doing it for nobody anymore, apparently. We're back with Fabian Kalen, who... I can't believe he gets thrown out of the ring by Ricky fucking Banderas. I will hunt you down. I will find you. 
Ricky Banderas not shutting the fuck up when Fabian Kalen is talking. Disrespecting probably the best segment of this podcast. He gets on the mic. <laughs> he calls out Vampiro. Commentary asking the most important question of the episode here. The only reason I'm here because of you. You, Vampiro. You burned my face. You... If you're out there, Wait, I think here he's calling out Vampiro guys. I gotta be your worst nightmare. What the hell did he just say? Uh, Vampiro apparently does know what the hell he just said because he comes out with that mysterious red liquid running down his face. Six Pac follows up and kind of rushes Vampiro. There's, uh, there's a ambushes him. There's strapping. A lot happens to close out this episode. So Six yeah. Pack, first, first Six Pack rushes in. Ricky Banderas and Six Pack team up on him. Six Pack hits him with another Bronco Buster. But wait, what's that music? Could it be? Holy shit, it is. It's Youth Suicide. Oh, who my. I actually thought. <laughs> I actually thought that he was not coming back. This is his final appearance. This is the. This is. I can't believe he survived. So I guess I mean we all saw him die, right? You you saw that? Maybe he was as lucky as X Pac when he went through that C four. So yeah, it's youth suicide. He comes in to save Vampiro. He does not because he eats a nasty looking spear. Banderas kind of throws him around. He loses the hat, so you know this isn't going to turn out. This well. is I think I think we all know where this is headed. So while yeah. this is happening, Vampiro. Manages to get the upper hand on six-pack, at least gets him with a nice kick. The ref tries to break them up. The ref is thrown out of the ring. They take the fight to ringside. Chop! Woo! Chop! Woo! Well, there's no woos because this audience doesn't know what they're doing. What is happening with Banderas and Youth Suicide? Well, Youth Suicide, in his second televised appearance on a wrestling program, has disappeared, along with Ricky Banderas. So, meanwhile, we have Six-Pac and Vampiro at ringside. In a really interesting bit of self-awareness, Six-Pac throws a trash can at Vampiro and trash <laughs> flies all over the place. Fuck. Something something gets launched and nails one of the fans in the head. Oh, I didn't catch no. Was, oops. Six-Pac is sent outside of the bunker by Vampiro. They go out the door. So they've disappeared. We find ourselves looking again at Banderas and Youth Suicide, who are at the highest point in the arena. Banderas throws Youth Suicide easily 20 feet down into... I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's, it's like a pile of debris. Yeah. Youth Suicide does not quite land on it. He very didn't quite get all of that. He, he got most of the floor. So Youth Suicide died again. Yeah, and this is actually the last time we see him. I did check. Um, in, honor, in honor of Youth Suicide's last ever appearance... You know what, Zach? You know what I say? What do you say, Gabe? I say, let's grade that performance. You keep doing this to me. I don't take notes on this segment, well, so I'm always surprised. Well, what think you about say. this. Think about this. <laughs> Youth suicide. Nobody expected him to come back. Nobody expected this. So that's 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 the bottom bread. I think it's the bottom bread. Um, it's great to it see nice him surprise. again. It's great to see yeah. that he's alive and functioning and capable of motor skills after that. Nasty ending to his life. If we're going to start putting toppings on, though, I do want to call him out for losing the hat again. Like, 
Yeah, what the he hell? He knew what dude? happened last time. You, you. If I were him, if I were him, and I were gonna come back into this environment where I was brutally murdered, I would fucking staple that thing to my head. Not to mention, like he be- he didn't get any offense in. Yeah, I, I appreciate. He at least he at least got some. He at least had the thumbtacks, and he had the offense that he pulled on six pack. He didn't get anything this time. He got as nothing. As soon as he stepped in, spear tossed him around. Throw you from the highest point of the ring. Murdered again. Murdered again. Here's a question. Can you can you be murdered twice? This is kind of a legal question. Can Ricky Banderas be considered a murderer if youth suicide is definitely already dead? <laughs> that's I mean I don't know if that's ever come up in WWE. That, canon. that goes into that goes, that goes into like are zombies alive, you know? Is the undead well, can yeah, the undead can be you, considered alive? Um and Can I, the Undertaker be murdered? I mean, ask Roman Reigns. Um, <laughs> oh shit! Ask Brock Lesnar. Do we want to close the sandwich? I'm gonna yeah, close the sandwich. I think it's nice that he tried. He he, knowing what could have happened, and probably being aware that what did happen could have happened. I think it was nice of him to come out to Vampiro's aid, even though it didn't work. He knows that WSX is an environment where you can literally lose it all, including your life. I would okay. give this reading a solid. You know what, Zell? You're better at this than I am. Um, why don't you rate this? I think I'm going to give this a solid rating of a symbolic trash can. <laughs> Being hurled, not just at Vampiro, but by somebody in the audience. Yeah. Really, just, there's no, yeah, no one actually, is safe. It's very thematic. Even better, yeah. Th- that That's actually, I'm revising my rating to an audience member being hit by a symbolic trash can. Because <laughs> that's how I feel it's, watching this show. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Youth Suicide is actually dead. There's some more post-production work, more glowy eyes. He, Ricky Banderas cops up blood. The episode is over. Zach, I, am, I, have, I, I have reached Nirvana. It just keeps getting, I'll say better. It, it's more and more exciting every second that passes. And I said at the top of the episode, I don't remember everything that comes after this, but having looked at, like, the summary on Cage Match, it's only going to get better. It's truly just, like, a cacophony of bullshit, of of MTV trying to be MTV while wrestling tries to be wrestling. I am at a state where whatever expectations I have have been shattered. Like, that's it. I am broken. I am broken yeah. by Wrestling Society X. All I can do is remain in a catatonic state and and just take in everything that happens. This is not a wrestling show. This is an experience. This is like, really this is. Is like, like you go to the art museum, you sit down in the, in the room and all the colors go on the wall and the lights go around and you just like, like the ambient music plays. This is like that, but with wrestling. <laughs> yeah. This is... I think we said it in the first episode. If you're watching this for the wrestling, you are not... You are, you are doing yourself a you're disservice. You're doing it wrong. This is not something you watch because you want a psychological masterpiece. You watch this because Tyler Black is yelling at a camera and he is so bad <laughs> <mad> at it. <laughs> I hate the 70s. With that being said, we have four episodes left. Anything could happen. The world is pointless. There is no meaning to life. I'm gonna go lie down. 
this is this the end of the episode. Thank you for listening to episode three of WrestleBoy Social Explosion. I have been the man that brevity forgot, Gabriel Clark. And I have been simply Zalp Zach Blaze. What the fuck is the point anymore? Have a good one. There is no good or bad. There is only Fabian. There is only Fabian Kalen. Uh, with that being said, good night. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Good night and good luck. Hey there, this is Alp coming to you from the recording bay, and it's time once again to give credit where credit is due. These are the people that helped make this podcast possible. Your theme song is Organism, originally by the Ernies and arranged by yours truly, Zach Blaze. You heard a couple of sounds today. Siren.wave by I Fart in Your General Direction, and Schoolbell.wave by Panska Stranska Michaela, both on freesound.org. You heard four songs today. Your pre-intro music was the George Street Shuffle, your break music was Just Nasty, your ending music was Retro Future Nasty, and the music I'm talking over right now is Retro Future Clean. All of these were written by Kevin McLeod, who can be found at Incompetech.com, and all of these sounds were licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. You can find more information about that at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by by slash 3.0. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash WrestleBoySocialX. You can also email us at WrestleBoySocialX at gmail.com. Please leave a review for us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and definitely tell your friends. We'd love to have more people listening to the show. That's it for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.